Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. Today we again wander north into Jefferson County and remember the heroism of Billy Westall and a unique effort to remember him. This episode was written to celebrate Teacher's Appreciation Week. Trevor Phipps dedicates this story to his mother Lynn in recognition of her time teaching. And we dedicate this story to all those who choose the profession to guide young minds as they learn to think for themselves, to help them to find their own way, to guide them to achieve success. This episode is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. On Google Maps, the remains of the South Platte Hotel, the only structure left of the Jefferson County town of South Platte, is marked as the North Fork Trail parking lot. Following Highway 67 North out of Woodland Park and then continuing straight when 67 veers off to the right, will get you there in a little over an hour. Approximately two miles past the old hotel, you'll pass a large stone marker with an interpretive sign on your left. Before the interpretive sign was placed, the meaning of the marker was more or less lost to the locals. An author named Millie Roeder tells a story of a traveler from Arkansas who, when he asked about the monument, was told by one person that it was for someone who owned a large chunk of the area's land, and by another that it marked the location of the town hall of the town of Westall. The traveler finally stumbled onto a more accurate story 30 driving miles away in the town of Shawnee. There, he was told a story about the heroic death of a train engineer. Our story takes place on the Denver South Park and Pacific Railroad, a three-foot narrow-gauge railroad that ran from Denver to the town of Baldwin near the coal fields at the base of Carbon Peak in Gunnison County. At its height, the DSP&P had 335 miles of track, making it the largest narrow-gauge railroad wholly contained in the state of Colorado. In 1898, it was part of the consolidation of the Colorado and Southern Railway, also known as the C&S. But the area of our story is the river valley of the North Fork of the South Platte River that runs from the current town of Buffalo Creek to the previously mentioned town of South Platte. The tight canyon walls rise steeply on both sides. These hillsides and gulches were made up of decomposed granite. And since decomposed granite does not absorb heavy rainfall, the water from the sudden and heavy rainstorms would run down into the valley and into the river. In more recent history, that characteristic created rapids that made the area popular with kayakers. But in the last decade of the 1800s, that meant that the railroad tracks could suddenly be buried under earthen material and boulders that would wash down in the torrents. The day was Sunday, August 28, 1898. A DSP&P train departed Pine Grove Station eastbound with 450 passengers. Many of the passengers were in the higher elevations to escape the Denver heat. Some were headed to the picnic grounds leased by the CNS near Dome Rock. The train's engineer was William G. Billy Westall, a man popular with the train crews, the people along his routes, and his passengers. Along with fireman Buddy John Nichols, they guided the train into the canyon past Buffalo, Ferndale, and Foxton. By the way, the fireman on a train, also referred to as the stoker, was the man responsible for maintaining the fire that powered the steam engine. 
The train was rounding a blind curve not far from the Dome Rock water tank when tracks deeply covered in sand and gravel revealed themselves. Westall and Nichols could have jumped clear of the doomed train, but knowing the grave danger the inevitable derailment meant to the 450 passengers, they decided to remain in place to do what they could to minimize the impending disaster. The men worked to slow the train, and at the last moment, Westall ordered Nichols to join the birds. Following the orders, Nichols jumped from the train. The locomotive struck the debris that was covering the tracks and was thrown onto its right side along with the tender. Westall was pinned to the ground by a handhold on the right side of the tender and was reportedly scalded by steam from a broken steam pipe. But Westall and Nichols had saved everyone. Westall was still alive when they freed him from under the toppled train. As he clung to life over the next approximately 12 hours, he was transported to the depot at Buffalo. As he lay there held in the arms of his fireman, John Nichols, as he was breathing his last breaths, as he was likely more in need of comfort than anyone else, he chose his last words to give comfort for someone else. Tell my wife I died thinking of her. Those were his last words as he passed away sometime in the night. William G. Billy Westall was buried in Riverside Cemetery in Denver. A monument marks his grave. At the top are carved leaves and swirls with the name and dates William G. Westall, October 17, 1850 to August 28, 1898. In 1899, the fraternal order to which Billy Westall belonged, the Ancient Order of United Workmen, erected a memorial at the site of the crash. A large oval inlay of darker stone is installed in the top portion of the memorial. At the top of the inlay are the words, Charity, Hope, and Protection. Beneath that are the initials and symbols for the AOUW. And at the bottom of the inlay are the words, Tell my wife I died thinking of her. Just below the inlay, carved in large block letters, is the name Westall. The dedication for the monument was attended by senior members of the lodge, locomotive engineers from the South Park Division of the C&S, and former passengers. A band and a men's quartet provided the music, and a caterer from Denver took care of the refreshments. Over time, the land beneath the large granite monument, which sat in the South Platte River floodplain, began to erode, and the monument began to lean badly. English teacher Frank Reitz of West Jefferson Middle School suggested the idea to his students of relocating the monument a short distance to more stable ground. Mr. Reitz discussed the feasibility of the project with Denver Water and Colorado Preservation Incorporated, and a team of 10 7th and 8th graders was formed in September of 2012. The team conducted site visits and planning between late 2012 and early 2013, and in February 2013, the decision was made to move the monument. In May of 2013, a generous anonymous donation was provided to the project, along with donations of labor and construction work. As the year went on, 
Other organizations were inspired to join the effort and the team received a grant for landscaping and signage. That November, 30 students cleared the old and new sites of brush to facilitate the move. And Denver Water laid the concrete slab for the monument's new location. In December of that year, a crane moved the monument in seven pieces, the top piece of which weighed six and a half tons by itself. The interpretive sign was installed in February 2014, and the rededication ceremony took place on April 18th. Over 50 people attended the rededication. To the core students who dedicated themselves to this endeavor, this was much more than a school project. With the guidance and assistance of Mr. Reitz, they researched Billy Westall and discussed the significance of his actions and the importance of memorializing them. They didn't just do, they understood. And in doing so, they helped preserve an important piece of history and the memory of a hero that could have been so easily lost. Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And if you find yourself inspired but not sure how to pursue it, remember, a good teacher can show you how to take your inspiration to action and then to realization. How to take ideas and turn them into success and, should you choose it, into greatness. We'll see you next time for more stories from the Midland. References used in this episode can be found on this podcast's webpage. Visit storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast.